You're listening to the Jerry and Jacoby podcast, Success Without Sacrifice, a podcast by two entrepreneurs at different stages of life, sharing real life experiences, managing a successful business and family life. It's honest talk about lessons learned, balancing family, faith, business, and personal growth on the journey of making our dreams a reality. Now, here are your hosts, Jerry and Jacoby. Hey everyone, I want to welcome you to the Jerry and Jacoby podcast. If you if this is your first time listening, I want to say welcome. And if you've listened to one of our previous episodes, I want to say thank you and welcome back. I'm Jacoby and I'm here with my good friend and co-host Jerry. And every episode, we're going to be bringing you honest conversations about what really matters and how to create success without sacrificing the things you love the most. And on this week's episode, we're going to be talking about major life events what they actually mean, and how they shape us into who we are today. Man, it was a lot of fun getting ready for this conversation. You kind of go through your day and you remember, uh, a lot of times you remember certain situations. But for me, going back and really breaking down the major life events really um, brought a light to a lot of situations that I don't think about on a daily basis. And when we first started talking about it, I'm like, oh, this would be good for 30 30-minute conversation, and then I'm listing out major event after major event, and like, wow, we could really kind of pound this thing out for about three hours, Uh, but we're not going to do that. We're going to keep it to our typical half hour and really share some some meaningful events in our life, both the, the good and the bad. Yeah, definitely um, going through was was really good as well. I always try to reflect on a lot of things that have happened in the past, and I'm always asking questions on, you know, what happened in the past, what does this mean, and how has it affected the future and all that. And so a lot of memories, even a lot of things that I had not even thought of in the past just started started popping up. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of good memories coming back, and then a lot of stuff to talk about. But it's really hard to, yeah, kind of narrow things down. And, and we even had some good conversations before we even, you know, started recording here. So I'm, I'm excited to, to get into it. I'm excited too. What was the earliest event that made your list? Like how old were you? Uh, man, probably, I mean, as you look back, like you start thinking about stories and then it's almost like that story with like the fish, like you, you tell, like if you ever have a fishing story and the fish gets bigger and bigger each time, <laughs> but uh, probably for myself, it was probably when I was probably about six years old, six, five or six, probably like Carter's age, who's my oldest son, you know, seven years old, six years old, somewhere in there. But uh, yeah, it was an event with, event with my dad. So it was, uh, it was, it was really good. I don't even know where it came from. Actually, I'll go ahead and even, I'll just go ahead and say it. it wasn't even what I was planning on talking about, but I just remember one time my dad was always my flag football coach. And one time I was like sick and I couldn't, I couldn't go to practice and I really wanted to go to practice and my dad used to like we would always get like candies after football practice and so I was like so upset that um I wasn't gonna get like a candy and my dad usually did sugar daddies for some reason I I don't even like those anymore but he like left one on my bed and I like came into my room I still remember I had bunk beds I didn't have a brother but I had bunk beds and I came into my room and there's like a sugar daddy on my bed and I just like started bawling I was just like so (laughs) happy and like so touched that my dad thought about, like, thought about me and left that there. I can still remember it to this day. So my mom, like, came in. She's like, why are you crying? And I was just like, man, I was just, like, so excited, just, like, touched my heart. It was crazy. 
that's a that's a great story. I'm glad you shared that one. You wouldn't want to leave that one out. For me, it was uh, <clears throat> I was older. I think the first one for me that really hit home was I was 18. Now I had a lot of stories prior to that, but I've I've worked hard to get past a lot of that. I mean, you and I have talked about this before. Growing up in a pretty tough situation, uh, a lot of alcohol in in my family, and uh, not a whole lot of stability. Don't remember the exact numbers, but I, I went between fourth grade and twelfth grade. I went to eight different schools and lived in nine different houses. Um, I switched school every year, and uh, once I switched twice. So it was pretty crazy. So those are you know some big events that have definitely shaped me. But where it really started to come together, and I made my own. I was 18. I just graduated high school and was installing pools for the summer. Uh, nice manual labor in in the sun every day. Had a good tan going and uh, really liked the job. But I had gotten to where I was kind of following in the footsteps of my family history, and I was drinking a lot. I mean, at 18 years old, I was probably drinking you know three, four, five nights a week. And I had a youth pastor that really showed an interest in my life. Uh, from our church. And I remember him. Um, I didn't know this conversation had taken place, but one day I had come home after work. My mom was like, hey, what would you think about going to college? And going to college didn't even cross my mind, not one time. Here we are, August. All of my friends that were going off to college, like that was, they had that all planned months before. And from that day uh, to the day I showed up at college, to, to my school, which is Cornerstone University in Grand Rapids, Michigan was two weeks. And so now I look back at that, I think, well, man, somebody had to pull some strings because, you know, I, I hadn't applied for it. I hadn't, uh, I hadn't done anything. And, you know, prior to that, so the day I decided to, to go to school, uh, we filled out that application, we got it submitted, and was accepted on academic probation going into college. But that was a huge step for me because going to a small Christian college, it got me away from that drinking every day. And that was, I think, an integral part of the trajectory of my life as a whole. And so for that youth pastor to take a, an interest in that and to really help me go through the steps to get me accepted and get me into school, I think was uh, that was huge for my life and for my, you know, even for my family to see somebody be able to break that cycle. Yeah, man, that's, that's really awesome. One of the things that really makes me think about is, is as these events, all of the events in our lives, whenever I went to a lot of how I respond to things, I learned a lot of, a lot of how to look at these, the events when I went to like this Tony Robbins event that unleashed the power within had a lot of impact on me. And I think, Two of the questions we really have to ask ourselves whenever we have events happen to us are number one is like, what does this mean? And then number two is like, how are we going to respond, you know, to those, to those events uh, that happen to us? Yeah, definitely in the response part, uh, when you talk about responding, it really makes me think about the events that I, you know, that I've listed out and kind of get ready for this was how am I going to respond? Is it going to be positive or negative? And I can look back at situations and, you know, there's major situations that have come up in my life, major life events. And I've responded, you know, some I've responded really positively to, and some I've responded negatively to. And like, I think of the one, probably one of the, this one was a top three 
the college story I told you was uh, also in the top three, but this one is definitely up there. So Holly and I, we were standing in the hallway of our first house and we were arguing. And apparently she was done arguing because she walked away and she locked herself in the room. And I wasn't done talking. So I went up to the door. I put my fist through the door. Like, and that's even hard for me to say. It's just so embarrassing. And last night, Holly and I were talking about this. And we remembered this event in two different ways, that's for sure. So I remember this event as being, you know, I put my fist through the door. And this isn't the first time I'd lost my temper. You know, I'd, I'd put holes in walls. I had a temper all growing up. Um, I was around uh, people that <clears throat> lost their temper. Um, you know, it was just the life that I had seen and I was just carrying that on with me. And so I, I'd hit, you know, I'd hit, I'd put holes in walls and broke doors, but this one, she was leaning up against the door and I put my fist through it. And so I came close to hitting her, which, you know, that had never crossed my mind. Like I would, I would never have done that. And so I remember the event as this was the moment in time that I decided that I had to get my life right with Christ. And that was the only way I was going to fix this issue. I, I accepted Christ as my savior when I was 13. I'm now, uh, that was, I was 29 or 30 when this happened. So I'd always had a relationship with Christ, but now was time for me to get serious. She remembers it a little bit differently in that she says that that's the night she told me that if I ever broke anything else in the house, I was gone. Um, I don't remember that part of the conversation, but uh, that's what she remembers from it. Um, but I'm going to stick with my version of the story, and that's where I decided to get my life right, right with Christ. And that really brings to light like this, uh, uh, some verses out of 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 12, where Paul's talking, and he's talking about uh, that he has a thorn in his flesh, something that keeps popping up, causing him trouble, and he says that it's a messenger from Satan to torment me. And three times Paul said, I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But the Lord said to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in your weakness. And when I really started to understand that, I, I really started to see how relationships work. And I always thought it was the, you know, the guy on top, the guy that showed the power, like he's the one that had it all together, but it's the guy who can show their weakness uh, that's the guy that's going to be able to help a lot more people. It's going to be able to have real conversations with people. As we throw all, you know, stories like punching holes in doors, like those stories I've found resonate with people because other people have tempers. Other people have worked through stuff like that. And so uh, that was a, a major life event for me and really deciding to get my life straight with Christ. Yeah, that's, that's uh, really, that's really, really, really good. And how you look at those things, like that's really determines kind of can determine like the future and what comes next right and so you telling that 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 story also brings me back to also my part partly on my major life events as well and like one of them for me it's it's always like a a multitude of events that kind of happen over and over and over again but the one event i think of as well is is myself is like making a decision that i was actually going to follow to follow Jesus. And so, you know, for me, whenever, after I had gotten out of school, gotten out of college, my, um, I was commissioned in the air force. And so I was a second Lieutenant in the air force and 
the one thing I wanted, because I was dating Andrea at the time, she still had one more year of college. I didn't care where the Air Force sent me. I was just like, as long as I'm in the United States, I'm good. And so the first place they sent me was Korea, (laughs) Kunsan, South Korea. And so like, I was always a pretty moral, a pretty moral guy. So like, you know, as far as being nice, respectable to people and all those things, but it makes me kind of think of the same thing that you were saying. Um, I like to party and I like to, to drink and have a good time. And as I was thinking about these um, events that we were going to, you know, life events that we were going to talk about, one that kept popping up in my head as I just time in the dorms, uh, we had all had a pretty good time. Um, we were just having fun. And I had actually like, kind of, I would say like, passed out, you know, kind of went to sleep. <laughs> and I went to sleep in the hallway of the dorms. And I probably met I saw a guy uh, in, in one of our uh, meetings. And he was like, Hey, man, how you doing? And I was like, what are you talking about? I didn't even know who the guy was. He's like, yeah, I helped you back in your room the other night. And like, it was like, at that point, I was like, man, like, I have got to get my life together, right? Like, everything was still good. But like, for some reason, like, I was still, like, not joyful, you know what I mean? And so as I was like, searching for these things, um, for me, like, I just started to go down this trail of like, uh, reading the Bible and like seeking Jesus. And so as I started to do that, what I found is like, I was to me, I was not the person that I thought I was, you know, it was like, I, I was, I was holding some people to like standards that I wasn't holding to myself. And so it seemed like, uh, you know, it kind of put a mirror on who I was. And so as I looked at Jesus, like I saw this man who was on earth who like loved everyone. And he also like, was just like a great leader as well. You know what I mean? And so for myself, it kind of, kind of turned that, uh, turn that on myself. And, and from that point, like, you know, I was like, I need to start treating people by the same standard that I treat myself, you know, and um, it was just, it was just really good from that point, just, you know, wanting to get my life together. And then also like, helping other folks and not expecting anything in return. And like, you know, just passing that passing that forward. And so that was like one event uh, in my life that like, I was like, I just, it just changed everything for me. Passing out in the hallway. You remember that guy? You remember his name? I don't. I still yeah. don't even, like, we never hung out. Like, <laughs> I don't even, because that's why it was so crazy. Whenever I saw him, he's like, hey, man, how you doing? And I, like, literally looked at him, like, who are you and what are you talking about? And it was like, yeah. okay, like, you need to get, you need to get this thing figured out. Good thing he was a good guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, well, that's, that's the thing that went through my head, right? Like, if I don't even remember who this dude is, like, any anything could have happened to me. You know what I mean? And so it's like, you, I just, that's where it was like, I really need to start thinking about the decisions that I make. I really need to start thinking about like, what does it mean to have fun? What does it mean to have joy? You know what I mean? And so yep. those were the things that like, I started to sit down in my room and actually think about. And so like the same thing you said, where you were like, I used to think like being the life of the party was all that there was, you know, or like myself, like I come from Midland, Texas, we won three state championships. I went to the United States Air Force Academy, I played D1 football. But like, those are just things that I've done. That's not who I am. And so really, what it started to help me do is to figure out like, who, who am I really? 
And like, am I actually putting on a face to like, just show people and like, you know, carrying to me, it was like almost carrying like these burdens of trying to be like the cool guy or the jock or whatever else. But, you know, after that happened, it really made me turn inward and be like, what do I, what do you really want? And what is it, what does in the end, like, what does even, what does life mean? You know what I mean? And so as I started to ask those, ask those questions, I feel as though I started to seek out some answers. And like, that was like one of the turning points for me. That's awesome. You know, one of the things that for me kept coming up uh, as, as I was going through this and as even as we're sitting here talking is kind of two things. Can we use life events to better our lives and do our life events shape who we are? If you go back to, can we use uh, events to better our lives? Like I look back at the events and whether they are good events or bad events, I've been able to use those to really push, you know, my life forward. I don't know when you say better my life, I don't know what that quite means. I don't want to really get into the whole story here. Uh, you know, I've talked about it a little bit. It's something we can talk about in the future, but talking about like my bankruptcy and my foreclosure, um, you know, that sucked. You know, that was, uh, that was a rough time of life. But I look back and, you know, do I want to do that again? Not at all. Do I want to put my family through that again? Not at all. But did I use that event to better my life? And that could have gone either way. You know, that could have, um, yeah, that definitely could have gone either way. Uh, but I look back on it and I think that, okay, that is a situation where uh, if I look where I'm at right now compared to that, like I used that situation to better my life because it, it altered some, you know, it altered, you know, my mindset, it altered my priorities, it, you know, switch some things around. It really showed, you know, probably one of the the biggest things from that prior to me going through that scenario was um, I always thought that I had it together and that I was a good husband and that, you know, I guess to be a little more arrogant than I want to be about it is like, man, people are lucky to have me in their life kind of thing. And when I had to completely humble myself to my wife and tell her that, you know, we needed to file bankruptcy and I was behind on the house and all that, like for her to stick with me and like really allow me the opportunity to rebuild the trust with her and never once, you know, was it ever on the radar that we weren't going to make it through this together. And that just showed me like her level of love for me through that. And that was pretty incredible. So I think looking back on it, like, I, you know, you pull the good stuff out of it and you don't want to go through that. But most of the best life events are most, you know, where you grow the most, where you learn the most are typically not your, um, your happy-go-lucky positive events. They're typically uh, uh, on the stressful side of things. Um, and so yeah, this whole idea of can we use events to better our lives or how do they shape who we are, I definitely think they can better your life if you make some choices to allow them to. And then also uh, they definitely shape who we are and that could be good or bad. I think you're exactly right with that. And so the thoughts that come to my head is like life is going to happen no matter what. Right. So you were saying, is it going to be, is it for better or for worse? And you don't know how to answer that. But the thing we do know is that no matter what life is going to go on. And that's, that's why I, I really resonated with uh, when I went to that unleash the power within that Tony Robbins, he said, and he got this from somebody else. I can't remember who he got it from, but he basically said, you know, those two questions you ask are, 
what what does this mean and how am I going to respond, right? And so the thing I think about is when, when you say, what does it mean? If it's like a relationship, you act differently at the beginning of a relationship than you do if it's the end of a relationship. And so like I even think about uh, with, with Andrea, like whenever we first started dating, like I would... I, I'm always going to give you the benefit of the doubt because I'm always hopeful, you know? And so like that affects how I respond to things and that affects like how things are going to happen. But if I come in and I I think it's the end and it's the end of the relationship, then I will act totally differently. You know what I mean? So like if it's the end of the relationship, it's like, well, what's the use? Like it doesn't matter. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you do. It doesn't matter. It's the end. It, does, it doesn't even matter. And so like that's why I think it is so key to just think of that. And so what we've done, like we have like an agreement with each other that no matter what, we know that both of us want what's best, best for our relationship. And so we automatically always defer to the positive until, you know, we have to, until it, something else proves otherwise. And so if you always go in with that mentality, I think it shapes like your environment and it shapes the reaction and it, you know, it helps with the other person when they respond to you as well. Well, it helps if you have a common goal, you know, and you know, that goal is to have a good relationship. The end, you guys aren't always going to agree on how to get there, but you're going to agree that that's where we want to be. And so if, it, you know, when you have a united front, that makes it definitely a lot easier. Sure. I think it's funny that, uh, we didn't discuss this beforehand, but I think it's really funny that you said you felt like you were, I don't know what the, how, how you worded it, but I felt the same way. Like people were lucky to have me in their life. You know <laughs> yep. what I mean? Like, Hey, yep. Jacoby just showed up, you know, man, like you are <laughs> lucky for me to be here. And it's like, dude, who do you think you are, man? You know? And so that's just really interesting to hear that, uh, that we got that kind of had that in common. <laughs> That's back then I was pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so what, uh, the one question I want to ask is what, like, what resources um, have you used to help you or, or that have come up like in the events that you've, uh, that you've had, like we've discussed kind of these events, like what are some resources or things you go to or that to help you kind of stay focused and move forward? Yeah, definitely spending time in in the Word of God, um, praying. I, you know, sometimes when I, I let's say I go through, I'm going through a tough event, something tough, and prayer becomes a really big part of that. But I have this, uh, I have this thing for some reason when something tough happens, like I go like 72 hours without praying about it. Like it's like I, it just doesn't even cross my mind. Like I'm, just, I'm going to dig in. I'm going to try to fix the problem, and I think I've got it. And I don't need, you know, I don't need the help to do it. And like I'm a couple days into it, and I'm like, oh, I probably should really start to spend some time in prayer about this. And uh, somebody's been good for me, and that is my 20 year old Keegan. He's, uh, he'll see me maybe having a rough day, and he's like, uh, don't wait 72 hours, Dad. Uh, <laughs> you know, he calls me out on it. And, uh, uh, yeah, so that's it's good to have that, and so that kind of leads me to really people have been a, like if I look at all my major life events, there's been people there. Like it's been, you know, going to college, it was the youth pastor who went out of his way, who you know he probably doesn't even understand the effect that he had on my life, and 
you know, so, you know, there's that, there's the, like my, my son, when it comes to praying, there's, you know, they're uh, having some mentors when I was really deciding to get my life straight with God. Uh, one of my professors from college, Michael Van Horn, um, just integral part of those things. So people have been, you know, huge in my life for that. I would think are the biggest resources, making sure that I, I seek out good people and good counsel in those scenarios. That's really good, man. I would, I would totally agree for sure. Uh, I always think of it as environment and I think people are part of your environment. So making sure you've got good uh, folks that you can speak to that are in your inner circle that you trust and you know are looking out for your best interest, I think is really good. And also the thing I try to seek out is I try to seek out truth, try to seek out truth in every situation. And I think what you said is, you know, looking at the word. So I always, I always, um, I try to ground my life in the Bible because I think that's the truth that we need. And so just coming back to that and having one thing that's like centered that you can have, like that you can be grounded on, that's not going to like waver because you need, because in my head, like, I don't know, sometimes I think I'm right. Sometimes I think I'm wrong. There's just like, and sometimes I don't even trust myself. And so that's, I think that's one reason why you need people. And I think that's the other reason why you need truth, you know? And so you've got to find truth and you got to have people that are, uh, that are uh, good for you as well. And then uh, one of the books. Yeah, I want it real quick. I don't want to gloss over that. When we talk about people and truth, it and we don't sit here and say that those, finding those two things are easy either. You know, finding good people, that, that's hard to do. That takes work. You need to make sure that you're in a good spot mentally and that you're looking for it. Um, and also not, you know, you know, falling victim to the wrong people at the time. You got to be really careful. I think it was listening to the, uh, I think it was Joe Rogan's podcast with Brendan Chow. He was talking about having the right people in your foxhole. And that just like Mm -hmm. really resonated with me. Like, all right, not everybody can be in my foxhole. And so I need to make sure I have the right people in my foxhole. Mm -hmm. And then talking about the truth, um, you know, right now going through like with, uh, you know, with the COVID and then with all of the racial tension in our country, like finding truth is, uh, you know, in a lot of scenarios, that's like near impossible right now. And it doesn't matter what side of that equation you're on. So it really does take work to seek out the truth and seek out good people. No, I think that's, that's 100% right. And, and as we talk about events, right, we're talking about events. And so you did say like, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but this COVID-19 and all the things that are happening with our country, like after all these things are over, I think what's really good is to go back and analyze how things happened and what happened. So I think it's good to think about like, you know, I said in the beginning, like when a situation happens, like what does this mean and how am I going to respond? I also think it's good to do that on the back end as well. And then figure out like, does this mean the same thing to me now as it did whenever I first started? And then kind of like think of, you know, how has that changed? And if it did change, why did it change? And what could I have done in the beginning to have that perspective that I have now whenever I first started out? And so I think that's also a really good thing to do, especially with the events that are happening right now. Think about like who, who, who did you have in your foxhole? And would you still have them in your foxhole after the events happened? And so I think that's like really, really important as far as, you know, analyzing and events happening in our lives as well. Yeah, for sure. Now, as we're talking about resources, 
you know, I talked about, you know, having the right people and there was a, I just kind of, I just remembered this. There was a book called, it was by John Eldridge, uh, wild at heart. Like it had just come out at the time I decided to get, you know, my act together and really pursue my relationship with Christ. That was pretty influential, obviously the Bible. And then I know for sure, cause we've talked about it. What are some of the resources that you've put in place that you've seen over time, you know, think we're uh, on a couple episodes here you've talked about Tony Robbins so I'm sure that's one of them um, but what else have have you used as resources as you've shaped the events in your life yeah so a lot of those a lot of mine are, are the same so um, but one that I specifically uh, really think about is Andrea and I did marriage counseling before we got married and they had a book it was called uh, love that last and that's like one because I I think your marriage is one of the one of the biggest relationships you have, and so um, that is one resource that I would definitely uh, tell people to uh, to reach out for. But yeah, that uh, what was it? Bi- love that lasts. Yeah, it's love that lasts, and then also uh, the Bible is my my number one key for me. And then um, also once I once I you know I use I see truth from the Bible. Um, uh, then I would I reach out to looking at things like Tony Robbins and and those guys because I think um, I think he's just the best at helping you with strategies and how to come to terms with what's happened in the past and because we have somewhat control over the future right and depending on where your where your thoughts are on that but he has um, really good resources into how you can deal with your past and your future I guess is what I would say one of the best yeah. Now we have, uh, we've gone through a couple of events each, um, that have shaped your life and we don't necessarily need to, to break it all the way down, but did you have any other, uh, events on your list that, uh, you wanted to point out? Yeah, man, I, I totally did. And so I don't know if we're going to have to do another episode or what, but, uh, yeah, just, uh, my other events for me were, uh, you know, getting married and then having kids. So those are like the two biggest ones for me when I bought my first rental property and then, um, graduating from the air force Academy. Those are just some of the other ones that were really, really big for me. Yeah. If you go back to obviously the marriage and family, like that's, uh, definitely some of the highlights in my life, but, and there is nothing that points out your selfishness more than being married and really having kids. Like, man, no, I'm not sharing that chicken nugget with you. <laughs> you know, like, um, it's definitely, that's like a magnifying glass onto who you are as a person when you have kids. 100%. And I'd be wondering what people are thinking when you say that, that have kids that are listening to this. It's like, you got something that pops up in your head. Because for me, it's like my son, Brayden, no matter what I do, he's <laughs> got to have what I have, no matter what it is. Even if I had like a bomb and I was holding it, he'd be like, let me have that. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So for me, um, so we did the college, the hole in the door, kids, um, just kind of slipped in there, my bankruptcy and foreclosure, getting my real estate license was a big one. And we we're definitely going to talk about that. in in the next episode about how we got into real estate, and then this kind of just piggybacks onto having good people in your foxhole, it's picking good coaches for the time I'm at in life, like making sure that you have the right people, that are helping you, you know, move things forward. And so I, I look back at some, you know, some pivotal points in my life and there were some good coaches involved in making those decisions. 
Alrighty then, now is the time we're gonna take a short break for our feature we call Time to Invest. Hey guys, it's Jacoby here. I wanna welcome you to the feature Time to Invest. And on today's feature, I wanna to talk to you a little bit about how to get started investing. And really, it's really simple for me. You just do it. You've got to just do it. That's all you can do. Eventually, there's going to come a time where you are at that point and you just have to make the leap. But before you make the leap, there are two things that you absolutely need before you can start investing. And that is number one, resources. And number two is education, right? And the good thing about both of these um, items Resources, number one, is that you can have your, re your resources, you can use your own resources, your own money in order to acquire properties, or you can use someone else's money in order to acquire properties, okay? You don't need all the cash yourself in order to purchase a deal. You don't need all your own money in order to do that. And so don't let not having the resources yourself hold you back from actually making a good investment or finding an opportunity or taking advantage of an opportunity. And then secondly is education as well. And this is also the same as resources. You can have the education yourself or you can use somebody else's education, right? And so you can partner up with someone who is actually already investing and who's already done a deal or done deals, multiple deals uh, in the industry that you wanna do that in, which for us it's real estate, which is exactly how I got started. I found someone, a mentor, someone who had already done what I was wanting to do. I partnered with them and I paid them half of all the proceeds that I got from every deal that I made. And so it's really simple. You need resources and you need education. You need knowledge. And it's very simple. You can have your own resources or you can use someone else's resources. You can have your own knowledge or you can use someone else's knowledge. So don't let that hold you back. And so the main tenet that I wanna to talk to you about here is to just get started. Welcome back. So glad that you joined us and hope you had some good takeaways. I really had a good time talking with Jerry about major life events and what they actually mean and how they shape us. And some of the events that uh, we share in common, one was actually you know following Jesus a lot of stories about uh, marriage and family. And then Jerry told us a really great story about a disagreement that him and Holly had and how that uh, had shaped their life, even though it was a negative event, but had a positive effect on, on uh, his life and her life. And so it was really good. Some of the resources that we talked about were Wild at Heart, the Bible, uh, love that last. And then one of our favorite gurus, which is Tony Robbins. And so I just encourage you to take a look at some of those resources and want to thank you for listening to the podcast. I want to encourage you to reach out to us on our Facebook group. You can search the Jerry and Jacoby podcast. We'd love to connect with you there and we look forward to talking to you soon. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Jerry and Jacoby podcast. If you walked away with something of value, we hope you'll share it with a friend. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast so you get notification of all new episodes.